Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, February 18th. S&P futures are trading down about 11 points. That's about 30 basis points. NASDAQ futures are underperforming. They're off about 80 points. That's about 60 basis points. In Europe, the major indices are about unchanged. You are seeing some of the same patterns that we've been witnessing now for the last couple of days, specifically the basic resources index in Europe. That's the X SXPP index. That's Sam X-Ray Peter Peter is up about 2.5% this morning. It's up about 7% week to date. That index includes most of the major global mining stocks, so BHP, Rio Tinto, Glencore, et cetera. Um, continues to benefit from a lot, obviously a lot of the macro forces in in play right now where investors are seeking out inflation hedges and trying to buy equities that benefit from reflation, as well as a lot of those names had strong earnings and dividend payments this week, including BHP, Rio Tinto, and Glencore. You're seeing some underperformance in Europe um, in healthcare, telecom, real estate, um, as well as banks. Asia generally finished in the red across the board. Mainland China, which reopened today for the first time in several days, it had been closed for the Lunar New Year holiday, um, saw some mild outperformance. So the Shanghai comp ended up 50, point, uh, 50 basis points, but the rest of Asia generally uh, traded in the red. Um, so again, in terms of incremental macro news versus the close on Wednesday, there's not much out overnight. Um, you know, I think the U.S. equity macro narrative can be encapsulated in a single question, specifically, what level of 10-year yields will stocks really start to get worried about inflation and multiple erosion? Is it 1.4%, 1.5%, 1.75%, 2%, etc.? There's not a clear consensus around which level will start to really impact equities. Um, and I think that's what investors are trying to kind of uh, figure out at the moment. So, you know, you are seeing some underperformance in the higher multiple stocks, on paper, those names should lag um, to the extent you see yields rise. Um, however, you you also have the case of you know a company like Twilio, which had earnings out last night, which blew away expectations. Um, you know, multiples can erode, but earnings estimates can also move higher, and I think that's the dilemma you're witnessing um, with tech. So it's there is there's not very high conviction in terms of a big anti-tech trade right now, just because that sector um, benefits not just from elevated multiples, but also from um, you know very healthy fundamentals, as you see with companies like Twilio. Um, so there's certainly a lot of confusion right now at the moment, um, again, just because you know investors don't want to shun tech, but on paper, that is what um, people are supposed to be doing right now as yields rise and, and multiples come under pressure. Um, so that's kind of, again, the, the basic framework right now. You know, This has been playing out for several days, at least continues this morning, this debate dilemma around um, you know rates, inflation, and multiples. You saw the Fed minutes out yesterday, which um, you know the Fed is acknowledging right now that there will be an inflation bulge over the coming months um, for a variety of reasons, most of which they claim will be temporary, ephemeral, that will fade, um, including reopening, some supply chain pressures, obviously a huge um, burst of fiscal stimulus. But um, you know the minutes, the Fed officials in the minutes do not think that this is the start of a prolonged 
upward cycle of inflation. They think that a lot of uh, those pressures will just be again temporary um, and should fade over uh, you know over the coming quarters. Um, you know, I don't think the market will be so calm to the extent you do see. Um, you know, a, a repeated, um, if you do see all the multiple inflation readings start to exceed expectations. So you had the PPI um, earlier in the week, we get the PCE, which is the Fed's preferred inflation number next Friday. If those really start to overshoot expectations on a sustained basis, you know, markets certainly will not be as calm as the Fed minutes, um, you know, suggest Powell and his colleagues will be. So those are all kind of the, you know, the bigger, broader themes and trends this morning. Uh, as far as macro is concerned, you had a lot of earnings out of Europe this morning, um, and you had a bunch of earnings out of the U.S. last night. You know, in the U.S., we're really much in the in the tail end of the, the calendar Q4 season, so none of the companies are really of macro importance. That's not necessarily the case in Europe. You have a lot of big companies, so Airbus, Barclays, Capgemini, Credit Suisse, Daimler, um, Nestle, and more all had numbers out of Europe this morning. None of them are terribly controversial. Um, you know, in terms of uh, huge beats or huge misses, but you are definitely seeing some movement beneath the surface based on those reports. I have everything summarized in the piece this morning. Um, just for U.S. earnings last night, you know, again, a lot of reports, none of which are, are too important other than, like I said, Twilio, um, which is obviously a very high profile cloud software company, blowout numbers, that stock had uh, was trading up, you know, nearly 10% plus last night. Uh, but the rest were relatively smaller companies. Just looking at the calendar, so a few items in focus this morning. Um, you have Walmart numbers out before the open. So this is a January end report. Obviously, um, you know one of the world's largest companies had been a big beneficiary of the pandemic. They are starting to now come up on um, some of those numbers from last year, where they're going to start to lap some of the um, you know the pandemic induced sales um, increases from last year, and so that should weigh on the year-on-year reported growth. Um, so that that Walmart reports this morning. Marriott also reports this morning. They will be the latest travel company. You've had a bunch out in the last couple of days, all of which have been pretty uh, disappointing in terms of Q4 figures. A lot of them called out um, incremental headwinds from the COVID surge that you saw back in November, December. Um, you know, but I think you know, in general, the COVID news, especially domestically, remains relatively encouraging, just in terms of transmissions, hospitalizations moving lower, vac- vaccinations moving up. And then, you know, you should get the Johnson Johnson approval perhaps as soon as next Friday when the FDA meets, uh, FDA advisory panel meets to consider it. Um, you have ECB minutes this morning. You have a, um, some more U.S. economic data. This House hearing on the on the whole GameStop um, saga will occur. I don't think that should impact markets, but, I, you know, obviously we'll get very high ratings. Um, Biden is due to visit a Pfizer vaccine plant in Michigan today. And then you have a couple more earnings after the close, including AMAT. Um, and Roku are probably the big ones. Um, you have tomorrow flash PMIs, which will give the first economic look, um, which will give the first look at e- at economic trends for the month of February. And then you also have dear earnings. Um, and that's essentially it for this week as far as major trends. Looking into next week, Powell will be testifying twice, the Senate on Tuesday, the House on Wednesday. Look for him to reiterate essentially everything that's in, um, you know, that was in the minutes. He is very concerned about um, the labor market. He's not concerned about um, what's occurring um, with inflation, um, and he sees no need to change, uh, you know, the the current policy framework of zero rates and 120 billion per month of quantitative easing. Next Friday, 
uh, the 26th, you have three, you know, very important catalysts. You have the US PCE for January. So again, that's the Fed's preferred inflation number, um, you know, to the extent that is relatively tepid. And remember, the CPI for the month of January was relatively tepid. So if the PCE also is tepid, I think that obviously will alleviate some of the inflation concerns. The FDA advisory meeting next Friday, the 26th uh, for the J&J vaccine. So you could see emergency use authorization come as soon as Friday night. Um, and then the House could vote, uh, could hold a final vote to pass Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus bill next Friday. Um, you know, again, the bill the House is going to pass will not be able to get through the Senate. So the Democrats have some negotiating to do as far as ironing out the intra-party differences, um, specifically around the minimum wage. I suspect that that will be scrapped entirely. Um, and then also just on some of the eligibility for the um, stimulus checks. Um, bunch more earnings next week, and then and then uh, several analyst meetings as well. So those are all the big themes and trends for this morning. Thank you for listening.